We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. On this episode of the podcast, I speak with Anupam Kundu, founder of RealValue.ai, which is building a visual intelligence platform to measure and optimize human experiences. He is a trained engineer and soon realized that he was not that great at programming, but loved thinking of new ideas, building products, and solving problems. After taking a course at MIT on AI, he realized that he wanted to build his own company, so he quit his job to pursue that dream, even though he did not have a product in mind. That led him to start offering consulting services to figure out the problems that customers were running into and how AI could solve them. He soon realized that the rat race of Silicon Valley was not making him or his family happy. That realization led him to move to France, where he lives now and runs his company with his co-founder and wife. We talk about the challenges of running a company with your spouse, as well as living in a foreign country, all while trying to build a company. Now, let's get better together. Anupam Kundu, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So I, uh, you know, met you through Founders Network, and uh, you're actually in in France right now, uh, which we'll talk about in a second um, because I I find it super fascinating. You know why people go to different countries and kind of what you're working on, um, and you actually are doing some stuff uh, related to COVID, and and I I want to hear all about that as well because it's really cool. You know how how 
what you're doing. You kind of kind of stepped up for that. But uh, but before we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you're doing, what you're doing. How did you get to this place in your life? Yeah, that's that's, that's an interesting journey, right? Um, I'm in my early forties, so yeah. Uh, I think I'll just go with the professional part where uh, I started my professional journey as a programmer. Um, I was writing billing uh, for telecom systems, right? Where you can put one bill for your cell phone, for your TV, for your home phone, for your security systems and everything, right? Uh, back in 99, 2000, those things were novelty and I was writing those things. Uh, but after three, four years doing that uh, and implementing those solutions, I realized that I am not a great programmer. <laughs> um, so, oh, you realize that you know, too. I, I realized the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I kind of realized that I was good at yeah, other things, right? Negotiation, putting up things on the board, charting and things like that, right? So, uh, and I was I was back in India then and I was doing these implementations in the US. So I went back to India after three and a half years of doing these things. And then I joined the MBA program and I left my job and joined IBM Global Services as a consultant. And uh, so after that, I was like, I, I had to do minimal programming for another five, seven years, right? Um, because I was still at IBM. And then um, I ended up doing other things, but I ended up running into a company called ThoughtWorks. And uh, for the people who do not know, uh, if you have ever heard of Martin Fowler, uh, the guy who wrote Design Patterns book or the guy who signed the Agile Manifesto. Oh, uh, so yeah, ThoughtWorks no. is, ThoughtWorks is uh, Martin's company. Um, oh, okay, and, interesting. Uh, Martin's was a chief scientist. Martin is a chief scientist there. They recently sold it off uh, to a private equity firm, I think two years back. Uh, and uh, that kind of changed my life. So um, I, I got sucked into like uh, product management, how to do agile product management. I started writing things, speaking at conferences, uh, and I was there for eight years, the longest I've with any company uh, employed. Uh, yeah, that's like eternity in startup years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when I left, I was actually running a piece of business for them. Uh, financial services, uh, all the accounts for financial services uh, together with someone else. Uh, so that kind of uh, exposed me to a whole lot of different things of how to create products, how to run businesses, how to go and sell. Uh, how to pitch, uh, how to build teams, all of those other things which I didn't know before, right? Uh, and so that was very interesting um, moment in my life, I would say, those years. Uh, so I got a little greedy. I was in East Coast primarily, uh, New York City area. Um, I got a little greedy. I moved to West Coast uh, and I joined a company, uh, another consulting firm. Uh, the lure was that... Uh, I would get to work with Google. Um, and I did end up working with Google uh, for this particular consulting firm. I did almost like 220 to 240 people team at Google. Wow. Uh, and Eric's, yeah, Google and Ericsson and Viala and uh, big money, right? Like, so uh, it was like too much going on and uh, ended up doing partnership with Google Cloud, Apigee, a bunch of different companies. And uh, at some point, I think when I left, the portfolio was about $40 million. Wow. Work, work, work. Yeah. And so uh, so 
at that point there was no day and night for me right like and uh, <laughs> i got married i had a son we moved from east coast to east coast west coast when he was 4 months old and with this kind of life uh, my french wife uh, was not happy oh wow okay <laughs> yeah uh and 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 we started kind of looking at the things in a different way in the sense of like you know what 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 are we doing here like we're making all this money being in silicon valley we're hanging out with the best and the brightest of people that you can ever think of meeting um we're living in palo alto like everybody dreams of being here uh but what are we actually doing we're not getting the time to spend with each other i'm not getting the time to spend with my son yeah as much as i would like and uh, i want to build a startup of my own that has been a dream for a long time uh and to do things you know to build things ourselves and uh, so i did a course at mit for ai business strategy and all of this i met some interesting people and i quit <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There goes quarter million of a salary into zero. Yeah, yeah. Right uh, go big or go home. <laughs> right there, right? Yeah. And um so we started this company uh and we started doing mostly AI consulting, data strategy consulting, data privacy consulting. Uh and the whole thing was because I didn't know what to build. Uh I didn't have a product idea like you know some people wake up and they have a product vision or like i want to build this and i didn't have it i was like maybe the customers will tell me what to build uh and then we will build let's go and find the problem that we can solve actually and so we solved some problems we solved some vc problems we solved some retail problems we built some tools and things like that and eventually we realized that okay there is computer vision seems to be very powerful we can solve a lot of different things um, and it could be interesting to um, solve human problems uh, rather than just using pure object detection um, things right so 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 we kind of i would say pivoted a little bit uh, and started building a platform that uh, is more about understanding human behavior in physical space hmm I mean I don't know if did you mention the name of the company I don't I don't recall if you did or not. Uh yeah it's called Real Value realvalue.ai. Okay. realvalue.ai. So, uh, okay. Yeah so uh, my co-founder and I run it my co-founder also happens to be my wife. Wow. Oh we got to talk about that. <laughs> yes. She's the CEO and the head of product. Uh and uh, that's that's it. we have been we have been running this now for a year and few. uh and we have done some interesting work and uh, yes so we moved to france we figured out the cost of running a startup uh, is cheaper in france than in palo alto uh really yeah i would not have yes. no i would not have guessed that yes uh and interestingly enough uh obviously because she has a home and all that stuff in france so there is i'm not paying palo alto rent yeah true uh, right yeah uh and uh the good thing is the entire team is remote uh a couple of people in the valley a couple of people in india a couple of people in france uh, our sales guy is in prague uh so it's completely remote team and uh it's 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 been actually a joyful learning experience uh working with a completely remote team uh 
right? Just two of us are here. And obviously, uh, you know, when co-founders are couple, uh, it's, 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 it's bittersweet relationships. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it can be, I, I've yeah. never, uh, the closest I came to running a company with a spouse was my late wife, Jane. Um, and I basically, I'm sorry to hear that. yeah, she, she passed away three years ago from leukemia and was, I basically helped kind of helped her run the company when she got sick. So we mean we worked together, but it was sort of her company and I was the face of it because I could go outside. You know, she, she, mm. she didn't have an immune system because, you know, she was going through chemo and then a bone marrow transplant and, and all that sort of stuff. And so the, you know, what's happening now with all the shelter in place and the COVID stuff is very familiar to me because mm. it was exactly what we had to do when she was sick, when she had, you know, leukemia because, Basically, you have no immune system, so you get sick at any time. So we had to wear the mask and wash wash your hands and clean the surfaces. And, you know, it was it's similar, like very similar. Um, she, she was sequestered for a while when she was going through her transplants. And so it was <laughs> – it's a tough one. I mean, it's, it's a tough, tough experience, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but also working with your spouse is uh, – I learned a lot about, uh, well, I learned a lot about boundaries. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I think you have to have that uh, mode where you can seamlessly switch on and off between personal and professional. And what's your, like, uh, a question could shift into, like, how do you answer this one? Like, ultimately, uh, there is, a, you, you know, like, or how do I treat this one? I mean, and and, and the main reason, she's the co-founder is because she's extremely capable oh yeah uh, yeah right right and and just like i have no shame about accepting that i learned a lot and uh and i personally believe that if i was running this alone i wouldn't have been as successful uh or borderline successful of where we are oh yeah a little bit getting uh without her Right. Uh, totally. So. Totally. No, I get that. I mean, <laughs> Jane was actually a little upset because the best year that JSYPR and marketing ever had was when she was sick and I was running the company. <laughs> she was a little upset, but I'm like, there's cause there's two of us running it. Right. I mean, it's, you yeah. know, before you were just yourself and your sole proprietor kind of thing and one person show, and now you've got two of us and, and, but boy, we had a lot of, we had a lot of, discussions yeah because yeah. <laughs> we were we were both we're both like type a driven i'm sure same with yeah. I mean, that's why i want to yeah, yeah. talk more about yeah. it because what, what what have you found that had the what kind of conversations that did you have to have or do you have to have with your spouse slash co-founder on keeping that balance because i found it really hard yeah i think you know a lot of people Think that spouses should not start a business couples cannot be entrepreneurs together and all of these other things right and i find it to be weird like why combinator paul graham and his wife is to run it mm. uh, that i did not know it. that i did yeah. not know uh amazon mckinsey and jeff Bezos. i mean yes they kind of went their own way last year uh but uh 
they had equity in that that means she was a co-founder a big co-founder not because just she was a wife right right uh, right so it's interesting right like there are a lot of success stories of um, I, I i and i think the stories are not being shared enough and told enough uh, because people usually think like if they are spouses or oh, it must be hard and it is hard don't get me wrong it is hard but but what i found is that it's maybe because she has a different background she comes from a design fashion communication background marketing background while my background is more technology product sales uh, general management yeah and uh, i think it kind of kind of feed off each other a little bit um, till 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 we have frictions about should we go for this particular customer or how we should write this email how it, will will that piss that person off mm. if we write this right like things like that obviously comes up but and and there and then there are critical decisions of like uh where do we spend money yeah right for example yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that that's a key decision uh, as a startup right uh, where do we spend money do we spend money on marketing do we spend money on product development do we hire one more sales consultant do we go and pay tax consultant where do we pay money uh and i think those are the heated conversations uh but i would again say that if i were alone maybe there would have been uh like i may have run a little bit faster at such the times or she alone but i think together we just have the potential to go longer mm. uh which is interesting for me i've never thought of it like that uh till i kind of ended up in this state right like where <laughs> i'm like well, i was like okay i if i made that decision i would have done this and oh my god i would have missed this thing totally and i would have uh, hit hit the wall oh yeah no no continued. Totally. No, I mean, the rule that I learned <laughs> was, uh, was when my spouse is nervous about something or doesn't want me to do something, they're always right <clears throat> because it happened time and time again where, um, you know, I mean, I was married before I, I um, married Jane. So even, even my ex-wife, like she always was really astute in in attuned to what was in our best interest and when i didn't listen to her it always ended poorly <laughs> so i'm like rule number 1 always listen to your spouse because your spouse if of course they love you and it's in that kind of relationship is pretty much got your best interest at heart because it's their best interest so yeah and i think i i th- i think i lucked out i think we lucked out on many of these things i have heard our stories also just oh yeah with co-founders forget forget spouses right yeah, yeah, yeah. stories around that yeah um, so and then and, and i i think this is also because we kind of realize that uh, this is something that we want to do hmm. we, do not, we do not want to do a job we right. do not want to go and walk for someone necessarily like and we would probably get annoyed at <laughs> their dumbness yeah. things, you know yeah no i know what you mean i know what you mean uh, and so we're like maybe this is the only way we can do something like and stay sane uh and so that's 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 how it happened and and to be honest she left her job in france to move to new york to be with me uh when she decided to move to us um and i also feel like this is a way for me to kind of uh, give back a little bit if that makes any sense no no it does no just, it does uh, 
you know, like to kind of, okay, like I'm in France now. I don't speak the language. I'm trying to learn. There is COVID. I cannot go out of the house. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> it's like you're stuck here, right? In many ways. And it's uh, trying to make the best of it. So, yeah. No, I mean, it, it is definitely different when you are in another country that's not your home country right i mean yep. and 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 having to sort of i mean i'm just it's amazing that you're starting a, a startup in france because with all the challenges that the french government puts in the way of innovation i mean there's just so many i, I know some people that, that that kind of do some of that um you're, you're the first one i've talked to like about this an in-depth thing because most of them are just like Oh yeah, it's it's horrible, <laughs> and, that, and then it stops it, it, there. It, oh, it is horrible. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is, it is way worse than Silicon Valley. Oh yeah, no, for sure, significantly worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, the money is still the old money. The money is not like uh, new money, right? And not the tech money. It's the fashion money, pharmaceutical money. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and people are very like pedagogical and. You always have to have some deep theoretical understanding of something to even say something. Um, so, and, and if you don't speak French, uh, God help you. So, <laughs> Why? Well, I, I remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember trying to speak French one time when I was there, and I was trying hard. Like I, I understand. I, you know, English as a first language for me can be challenging, right? So I, I yeah. get it. I'm not the best language person, but I remember. Um, we were sitting there. We wrote out what we wanted to do. We wanted to order in French, you know, like feel the experience. And I remember like I'm reading the thing, kind of struggling, and the waiter's like, oh, you don't need to do that. I speak English. <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, damn, I feel so bad. But I tried, and then I moved on. Like after that, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think that that was also something that I realized that a lot of people here actually want to speak English. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is good. I was just like, okay, I can, I can get away with some of that i mean uh, i did some uh i taught some classes to some students at a local robotics ai university here and i gave my entire lecture in english right Uh, and i was like and i had to translate uh, i had to had a translator open in one one of the screens and (laughs) show them from time to time like if i saw blank face like hey can you explain to me like what i just said and uh, yeah <laughs> yeah. So, yeah it was it was fun actually uh but well but in general i would say like what is good in france is that france um, is has a very good safety net mm. um in the sense of social safety net is incredible right and if you are plugged in with the local chamber of commerce uh, which you did, and then you go into French tech, you go into like local chambers of commerce, and you go into some incubator, and uh, you win a hackathon that which we which we did like six three months back. We won another hackathon, uh, which was international between France and Spain, and we won it. Um, and so they gave us incubation space and all of this good stuff. And uh, then you slowly start to build that network, and they start to kind of trust you. And I think it works that Lisa is from France. I'm from america and they look at silicon valley and it kind of there's that aura around that oh they're a mixed couple and they're doing mm. things differently yeah uh, so they bring in a different way of thinking and kind of if i even if i do something stupid i get away with that like, okay, <laughs> this guy doesn't know what he's doing right 
<laughs> he's American. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Those Yahoo Americans. I just, <laughs> I mean, we could talk about stories from France all day because like there was one time we were at this cafe and we'd been going to this cafe. It was close to our little apartment that we rented and we would go oh. there every day, you know, and like getting to sort of know the people that work there. And I'm, I'm trying to order only in French so I can, you know, I can say espresso and pain chocolat. So I, I can I can eat a pastry and eat and drink espresso, right? That and we're trying really hard to just cause, you know, like my 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 ex-wife was originally her family was from Hungary and you know, so it, it, and we were trying to fit in. And we were there one day and there's this bunch of these Yahoo Americans <laughs> and and the person behind the counter can't understand them. And so of course, what does an American do? They just speak louder. <laughs> We're like, oh, it's not, oh, like, oh, no. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, felt so yeah, bad. Yeah, but, but I, I appreciate certain things, you know. Like oh, I yeah. really learned to appreciate the food. Oh, yeah. Food's great. Uh, food is remarkably great. Like, mm-hmm. everything I eat, I taste it, and I find it to be excellent. Uh, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, And, and people actually take their time to eat. Yes. They, they sit at a table and a chair and enjoy the sunshine and yes. the food. Yes. And then they go back and walk. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. the one thing that was always like, you had the table for the night. They never rushed yeah. you, right? No. No, no, no. They never. And if you're sitting down for lunch, they would never tell you to go. Like, yeah. So some of those things I do enjoy. Uh, Barcelona is close by, so you should go to Barcelona a few different times. Mm. Uh, but now with COVID, uh, I think it's not going to open the most September the borders. No, not at all. Uh, I think it's going to be closed for a while in that res- yeah. regard. So, so t- tell me about this hackathon that you that you guys won. I mean, was how you said you you won one a three months ago but there was a more current one or did i miss that yes. okay no 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 the three months ago was more um, between spain and uh, france which was around uh tourism like what can ai do for tourism and hmm. our solution was very simple that hey uh, you know google kind of takes your mobile data and shows you uh different places how busy they are uh, right and they have historic data and they can predict taking your mobile data why 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 do that uh, you have CCTV cameras and you have other things inside your premises. Uh, you can actually do an occupancy calculation um, and uh, use that to mm. send it to your uh, customers and whatnot um, to tell them when when these places are busy. Uh, and then they, they want to make a premium appointment. They can make a premium appointment um, I don't know, using using face recognition or something, that face verification or something like that. And then they get an entry at two o'clock uh, when they come in because they have made this appointment and all that. So it was kind of a queue buster for museums and touristic places and all this. Stuff. Oh, okay. Queue, queue. Yeah. Oh, line, line, sorry. <laughs> line. Yeah, line buster. Yeah, <laughs> line line buster. <laughs> yeah and, and the whole idea is that uh, Spain and France uh, happens to be I think Spain has like 10% or 12% of GDP on tourism. Yeah. Uh, and uh, France also has a significant, I, I forgot the number. And so they, so they, they were looking for like how AI can work in tourism and our solution was okay. And now that you look back at it, we are like, okay, that 
is the solution for even covid because yeah 100% percent. <laughs> right so with with so we are thinking about what we could do for covid and then this call came around like hey you versus virus hack something um, and do something around business continuity and uh, how can how can you bring back employees and um, customers right to to physical business premises and uh, how do you create that confidence create that trust and uh, the solution we pitched was very simple uh, that uh, have a device that does it all um, it can tell you whether you're wearing a mask it can detect your temperature it can um, have a ultrasonic sensor that will push the hydrogels on your hand <laughs> wow <laughs> and <laughs> and uh and uh, once all of this is done the bluetooth will open the door huh uh, because you have a bluetooth enabled gate right right uh, right 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 so, so, so we we build that all like over the weekend um the hardware too no not the hardware okay it's just, okay, the, just <laughs> i was going to say <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing like you know so that's that was a solution like uh, so you come in and 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 then we realize that uh temperatures are not the right thing to do because number one temperature sensors are extremely expensive 800 bucks for really? a camera yes like a thermal camera oh yeah no you got to yeah. use different ones than that yeah. yes and uh, and temperature sen- temperature usually doesn't tell you that if you have covid and plus if you have covid and if you have temperature you should not be there at the no place. you're you're feeling yeah. pretty pretty bad at that yeah. point that you yeah. you've you've crossed the threshold into Sorry. yeah yeah to be in the hospital right yeah i mean yeah for sure <laughs> i mean what it was interesting is that there was a company that was monitoring the temperature of cancer patients um, one of the main challenges with chemo and all that sort of stuff is that you don't have an immune system therefore if you get or if you get any like a fever they need to know about it because typically it could be a reaction or you have a infection and it could be like a thousand but they you know one company was measuring the temperature of people um i think they had a little wristband so yeah yeah so we wanted to build what we called we pitched it as a like a touchless hassle free secure and safe access management mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and uh, we wanted to make it gdpr compliant yep so everything would be anonymous we 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 didn't do face verification hmm. uh, we did everything else uh, right the idea was that face verification even if we do it we'll do it locally uh, and well, just so that you know we all our algorithms usually run locally we never send we never run our algorithms oh never so, ever so it's like an embedded system approach or it's like a edge edge processing edge processing yeah. okay yeah so we actually like did some work with uh, some event company and all this stuff and but we ran the algorithms always locally uh-huh. uh, though we have i think we got through founders network thanks 100000 from google cloud which we have extended from one year to two years yeah 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 uh, and uh, we have not uh, we we still have everything on the cloud but we don't run the final algorithm algorithm as part of the solution on the cloud because in europe it's just a big taboo oh uh, i can yes. only imagine how cra- crazy it is in europe for that oh my god <laughs> you're sending the video to cloud get out of my premises like Yeah. Exactly, like they'll throw you out. Like we had this with one of our customer we went in and we just said we have edge processing, we do everything here. Here is our server, here is everything. 
but we will have the dashboard on the cloud. Yeah. What? Yeah. You will send the data to the cloud? Yeah, but these are numbers. Even if it's stolen, nobody cares. Like, what will you do with these numbers? Uh, it doesn't give anyone's personal identity whatsoever. And then uh, his comment was, I've been running this shop for 30 years. We have everything in-house. I would need the permission from the minister. Yeah, I know. To- Crazy, huh? And luckily, we spoke with the municipality before. So the minister was okay. Uh, but yeah, it's like that. So you cannot do things uh, where you are sending personal data to. And, and I think in the US, it's like so different. Like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, do whatever. <laughs> yeah. As long as people agree to it, you're cool. <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, which has its own challenges. I mean, you can move fast, but you also have a lot of, I mean, p- part of the reason, like, Zoom was having security problems, right? Because yeah. they didn't really account for that. And and to their def- in their defense, you know, their business today is way different than it was three months ago. Because yes. you know they weren't enterprise level type. I mean, it was oh. you know it was for yeah. startups and yeah, you know, freelancers. I mean, they are they are like the disruptor to the WebEx of the world. Right? Yeah, like exactly. The WebEx. Now they've become the WebEx. Yeah, yeah. And and if you, if you look at WebEx, WebEx is enterprise built. It's got all the GDPR. It's got all the security. I mean, it's 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 heavy lifting. It's heavy iron, right? It's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, there. So the case study for data protection and security is definitely what happened to Zoom. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. And I think in the Silicon Valley also. Uh, I don't know whether it's a Zuckerberg thing or whether it has been there for ages. It's like there has been this concept of build fast and break things. Yep. Right? Like, or, yep. Uh, and uh, the, I think the, like when you build fast, you probably neglect a lot of things. You cut a lot of corners. Yes. And these things are probably uh, like, uh, I mean, people are getting much more conscious, I guess, uh, but I think the the way people have that conversation in Europe is very different. Uh, and I've lived in, I mean, I, I've, I got my naturalized citizenship in U.S. after 13 years, right? So I've lived in U.S. and I've seen that uh, curve. And uh, But in Europe, people really, really value about their data. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a different relationship to it, I think. And, and and as you mentioned in France, there's this social safety yeah. net. There's a lot more. I mean, it's just a different attitude, right? Um, yeah, yeah. They have certain cultural norms that are just the way it is, right? So yeah, and history probably has a lot to do with it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've yeah. they've fought a lot of wars for that, for sure. A lot of revolutions. Yes, I think so. That's so. That was that's interesting. So we we build this thing. And we got the prize in business continuity. Uh, business continuity was one of the challenge areas in that uh, in that hackathon, and so we got the prize. Wow! We, got, we were declared as a winner. Uh, there were about twenty five hundred projects, twenty five thousand people. Wow! Uh, yes, it was a huge. So, so, so just from a like a feeling good standpoint, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> no, I'd say number one out of you know, yeah. thousands of people. Uh, yeah, I, I think you can brag a little about that. No problem. <laughs> right. Humble brag. I, I, so we felt we felt good, and we thought like, oh, there would be some money or something like that, right? Like this is really good. We'll feel, so get some money, and then we realized that uh, 
the money was not like money money it was more like okay we'll become a part of european innovation council or something like that and now they are going to pair us up with customers and yeah. partners and uh, funders and corporates and all all so it's like a process that they will take you through yeah uh, and so the opportunity funnel is bigger i would guess right uh, yeah it's so you you would get to meet people that you would probably have not met like and, and in europe it's not the european union is not as closely tied as united states of america right so yes. they speak different languages and they have different norms and we would have probably not got access to um, the entire european market but we are guessing that we would get access to some of the other markets that we not, we had not thought of before so that that could open up oh yeah totally so that's yeah, totally. so that's that's the win i guess yeah Well, I mean, you know, it's exciting for us. I mean, uh, because we never thought of that we will actually win. Uh, <laughs> the weird story is, on the same weekend, we participated at a another hackathon, which was run by Texters. Okay. Startup weekend. Yeah, yeah. Texters startup weekend. We pitched the same project. Uh, there were hundred fifty teams, I think, and we came into the top forty. Um. but we didn't win anything huh. right and i was like oh okay <laughs> the texas was more texas startup week in france it was more like a france france kind of audience right yeah. and so the european audience so i i do not know i'm, I'm not judging anyone but no I'm no share there are valid reasons for why we didn't win i mean there are always valid reasons for things happening and, i mean yeah, uh, who knows who knows yeah and uh, so yeah so it was surprising that we participated in two hackathons over the weekend and we gave the same pitch because obviously we're not going to make two solutions for both of them it's that's not feasible uh, so and we won in one i guess we increased our odds by participating in two yeah and and it just goes to show you that it's it's not really about the effort it's about well not let me won't well, let me take that back for some people it's one thing for someone else it's another thing it just depends on what the needs are i think that's the best yeah. actually the best example of needs of the customer or needs of the yeah. competition i mean you know to win in one out of you know thousands and then to place in the top 40 out of a couple of hundred it just goes to show you that they were focused on something else so still still good i think i mean again you know this this game as you know it's all about opportunity and when you get an opportunity that you have the skills and the talent to take advantage of it that that's how you get lucky it's not like anyone's any more lucky than anyone they just get more opportunity and and i think now even during this the covid stuff um we need to give people more opportunity to kind of get these wins and and have have solutions like what you guys did i mean i find it super fascinating that you know you, you have all this great technology and now you're just trying to figure out you know how how it can be applied and so you know when 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 you when you look at that, i mean like you're like you're in france you're under lockdown so so what and and you're trying to run a company and you know you're 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 foreign and you have all the <laughs> all the things that are like boy this is going to be a lot tougher um what wh- what do you do daily like what what are some of the habits that you've found that have been successful especially you know given the situation you're in with covid i think all our usual things have changed yeah, right for sure uh, i have found it to be 
like people say work from home i don't think we are working from home anymore we are working from home school hmm we have a son yeah uh so we are working from home school and we take turns in spending time with him and uh, so basically our hours are not uh, set which is which is uh, which is not the right thing to do but that's how it is like we ended up we end up working more in the night than in the day where we end up working when he sleeps uh, <laughs> so things things are like that uh, but in general i would say the biggest thing that uh, which has really really worked for us uh, i hate to call up solution or something like that but slack has been extremely helpful uh just to run a remote team and um kind of keep always in touch and know what's happening and people uh leaving a question and getting it resolved uh not at the same time but still getting it resolved everybody knows that they are in different time zones and they have to get their stuff done I and mean, uh, just the entire take infrastructure ecosystem i think worked out well i i don't think this could have been done uh i don't know 10 10 years back like uh no github no uh, 10 15 years back no github no slack no cloud like uh, how to do these things um yeah i don't think so, it could happen could have happened 5 years ago to be honest yeah and so i th- i th- so, so yes even so 5 years back so i i think that's that's to me is uh, there's a lot of things that can be done now uh which you speak of opportunities right uh which i think as an entrepreneur as a startup builder i think is uh is rare to have all of this kind of the available to you right now uh, for a little bit of money and you could probably get some amount of funding from a local chamber of commerce or um some government funding or do something interesting and get a grant or um get to the right audience which which i think th- these are some of the things and, and we have always been very very focused about what what is out there for us to do to prove our credibility uh, i don't know whether silicon valley like it or not like as i said like we have never been uh, very very strong about or oh, this is what we want to build right uh, so we have always been like let's let's figure out what the problem is what they're trying to ask for what they're trying to solve for and build a solution that we think could solve the problem and get the feedback to adjust it uh which is part of my consulting background and part of Lisa's marketing background but i i i think though i think that thing is very important that we have been very adaptable um, very very adaptable to say uh that we are not going to build something till we find out that there is a need. Hmm. And you think I mean you have to make those decisions sometimes daily? I mean, I guess from a hackathon yes. point of view that's No, we true. make their decisions daily. Oh wow. Uh, okay. So I'll give you an example, right? So based on that hackathon we have some prospects and we are building something which is a little bit more robust. right hackathon was hackathon we are putting some hardware and things like that at the back of it and we realized that we need to change some security some apis and all of that right and we are writing it because we were holding it back for last one and a half week we're not writing it because now we have 
very close to a contract, let's say, mm-hmm. right? And we know that we have to deliver. Uh, and so now this would be our, let's say, first and second customer for the hackathon product that we pitched, right? Uh, if that is so, and now we are building all of it, right? And we we didn't build it before. We had a model that can detect masks, that can help with temperature. Um, we have a model that can uh, open a gate, uh, or an algorithm that can open a gate, but we never kind of uh, put them together. And so we are putting it together right now. Uh, because the hackathon thing was more, as you said, like just to write the software and show a video that it works. Hmm. Yeah, it is. It is kind of interesting how just little things like that um, can change kind of your focus. I, I know, uh, just in general, I'm way more busy nowadays than I was before, and it's just can be kind of insane how fast things go. I mean, just accelerating even more, even though everything's quote unquote shut down, <laughs> you yep. know, people are yep. looking for things like for what you just said. I mean, I can only imagine how, <clears throat> how much more, you know, features and functions there people are going to want as they kind of get dig into it. So I, it's an interesting, you know, heuristic to follow that, you know, we're, we're not going to get like kind of locked into anything until we kind of know what the need is. And, and, and I think that's a real important thing um, because the need is always going to drive the solution. I, I've never seen it any other way. Yeah. And I think we can see some of the things that we think people will expect, like this temperature thing was a no brainer for us, right? We went ahead and put in orders. We're about to put in orders. We inquired with, seven companies across the globe and we wanted not to go to china yeah uh, as a as a as a value statement we said we'll not go to china we'll source it from either europe or us uh right where and and we went out and and uh we was about to put in orders at uh, seek at flare at uh, a bunch of others and then the more we spoke to the people who were actually going to buy the solution they said hey temperature is not that important for me Hmm. Uh, actually for example at a school we talked about and they said at the university they said like what happens if the kids are running uh, and they come in and their temperature is higher would I not allow him to the lecture hall uh, and I were like yeah but that's your decision not I'm just showing you the temperature they were like no 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 we don't want to see the temperature <laughs> <laughs> okay okay <laughs> And so, you, you know, like things like that. And then you're like, okay, maybe temperature we can downplay and come in version two. And to be honest with you, uh, we have not particularly very, very skilled with Android. Right. Uh, right. We had one developer who knows Android. Uh, we are more into like Python and OpenCV and building our models and creating data sets and things like that. Right. Uh, and now we have delved into this world where we, pitched an idea and it won and we think like okay it has legs uh it probably it has wings also uh so we are now writing android libraries uh, and uh, people are cursing me telling like dude you're doing a pivot in the middle of covid and i'm like what do you mean by covid and what do you mean by pivot we are just extending our product because there's a customer demand for it yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> i love it <laughs> Well, you got to be flexible and dynamic, 
being a startup. I mean, for sure. There's no question that if you're not comfortable with the uncomfortableness of this all, then this is the wrong job because it's always about things change so quickly. And, um, and yeah, and again, I, I really appreciate your time today. I mean, it took us a little while to get this set up, but, uh, you know, great talking to you, great understanding what you're doing. Congratulations on, on the hackathon win and the, the products that you're trying to, you know, bring to market as rapidly as you can are going to help a lot of people. So stay safe and thanks again for uh, being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Jerry. I really appreciate your time and uh, you have been a wonderful host. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting thedailymba.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, the Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest that you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about in this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time... Keep getting better. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.